welcome you this morning to the Lord's house. We're glad that you're here, and we want to rejoice and to praise God together with all our hearts. The Lord has blessed us with a brand new day and a new opportunity to lift our worship and our thoughts and our praise to Him. We're going to start with number 601, a hymn that says, Lead on, O King Eternal. It speaks in this hymn about the battle that the believer is called to in waging a warfare. Well, of course, the Lord Jesus said that my kingdom is not of this world, else would my servants fight. And of course, He meant taking up physical arms to advance the cause of Christ. That's not the way of the Lord. But the warfare and the battle that we are engaged in is one that will be done, as the hymn writer says here, with acts of deeds of love and mercy. The heavenly kingdom will come. And that is our battle song as we lift our our praise and our thanks to the Lord today. Let's stand, please, as we worship our God. Let's come to the Lord, please, now in prayer, and taking a moment just to still our hearts and our minds, and yet with the truth of the song we've just been singing unto the Lord, let's bow, please, in prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father, we come humbly into Your holy presence this morning, and at the very commencement, Lord, we are mindful of our need of the Holy Spirit to help us in our worship, to guide us in our praying, to settle our minds down that we might take in from the Scripture the things which we must be taught by the Spirit of God. 
And so, Lord, we ask today that we would know that stilling of mind, settling of heart, that we would come into Thy holy presence with joy and thanksgiving, with solemnity. Father, we come to one, a God who is holy, holy, holy. And dear Father, I pray that it might please You to receive our worship and our thanksgiving, the praise from these sinful though redeemed hearts. And Lord, we approach the throne of grace today on the ground and merit of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have no other argument, no other plea. There's no other reason, Lord, whereby we could be accepted but through Christ and His atoning sacrifice alone. We do not have any warrant or merit. We have nothing to offer, Lord, of ourselves. We're thankful today for sovereign grace. Thankful, Lord, for the day that our hearts were opened and we were given the gift of life. And Father, we have received today our Lord Jesus as our sacrifice, as our atonement, and so that we are justified fully and freely. And oh God, what wondrous grace, Lord, for there's never going to be a point in history and time and eternity when we are more justified than we are right now as we have faith in Christ. And Lord, You have declared that His sacrifice is enough to pay for our sins. And so we have boldness and access with confidence to come into Your holy presence today. Dear Father, Encourage every believing heart. Take away the subtle temptations and the whispers of the devil into the ear as reasons why we should be cast down, discouraged, and full of care. For, O oh Lord, Your Word has told us to cast all our care upon the God of heaven for, Lord, He is the one who cares for us. And, Lord, we come today in all of our weakness, humanly speaking, but we come clothed in the righteousness of Christ. We come standing on the solid ground of our everlasting redemption. And, Lord, today we have, we have great joy and peace in our hearts that no matter what comes in this life, You have given to us, Lord, the gift of faith. You have enabled us to see beyond time and sense and all the horizontal circumstances of life. Dear God, let us not be consumed by them. Let us not be swept over by them, but rather keep our eyes always looking heavenward, Christward, out of ourself, away from our deficiencies and our failures. Oh, Lord, if we must take one look into ourself, let us take ten looks out to Christ, for we will see in Him all that we need. Our perfect 
satisfaction is found in Him. And so, Father, today, encourage every heart. Remember from our congregation, Lord, our sick ones, those that we have prayed for often, and we pray for them again today. And Lord, we are thankful for the evidences of answers and grace given. And we pray again for uh, Ron, for Serene, for Joan. We ask, Lord, for the elderly, those who are shut in, who cannot be out at our services. Lord, the temptation would be for some to be cast down and set aside. But let that not be their case, their portion. Bless them today abundantly. We think, Lord, of those who are still struggling and wrestling through bereavement, the loss of loved ones. Support and pour out Your grace. Spirit of God, come abundantly to meet every need. In those quiet moments, O Lord, when the devil would whisper despairing thoughts, may every eye be turned afresh to the only place where there can be peace and lasting joy. Father, give help and grace abundant today to meet every need. And Lord, again we are asking for the unsaved ones in the congregation, perhaps watching online today, those in our own families, many who have been prayed for and are prayed for, Lord, every single day. Come, Father, and answer prayer before this year is out. Grant again to us those in our houses, in our homes, that are not believers yet. Bring them to the foot of the cross, to the place of salvation. Lord, this is Your work. It's not ours. We cannot do it. We're asking again, Father, in mercy, to bless and answer prayer. Remember our land, the needs we have, the need for a, a great reviving among all who are faithful followers of Christ. Lord, may there be an awakening of souls converted. Give us the joy of pointing our neighbors and our friends, the people we work with, to Christ. Lord, hear our prayer this day. And Father, we don't want to neglect praying for those who are suffering today, the persecuted, those who are in jail, under the heel of oppression, wherever they live, wherever they might be, in whatever part of the world. Remember the church in India today. We pray as there are many churches being burned, Christians being persecuted. Lord, we do not know all the details we pray that You would help and strengthen those who are Your own and to support and strengthen them. We know that the situation in Myanmar is difficult. Persecution is raging. In Islamic countries, the underground church in China. Ah, Lord, so many places. But watch over Your people and bless the gospel message that goes out faithfully day by day. Hear us now. Continue with us. Bless us in our service this day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
We're singing Psalm 27 this morning. Psalm 27, verses 1 to 3, and then verses 8 and 9, and we will stand to worship. Now, please turn in your Bibles to Psalm 32 for a congregational reading. Psalm 32. Verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile, no deception. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long, for day and night Thy hand was heavy upon me. 
My moisture is turned into the drought of summer, Selah. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin, Selah. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee. In a time when thou mayest be found, surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance, Selah. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. We know the Lord will bless His Word to your heart, and it is always my prayer as we choose the congregational reading that there would be specific help and food and direction and light and for every believer as we read the Word of God and endeavor to tie it into the message, at least in some aspect of it, that we hope to bring to you in the morning time. Well, we welcome you all earnestly and sincerely before the Lord today. We're happy that you're here in person. And if you're watching our service online today, you're very, very welcome. We're thankful that you're here, and we pray that God would use His Word the time of fellowship with each other, it would be encouraging uh, to your own heart. I want to thank you all very much for your faithful praying for me during this past three weeks of time we've been able to share in the Geneva Reform Seminary with the students and to remember them, each one, before the Lord in prayer. There were three men who were in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, some of them were, were coming daily to the seminary, and then there were two men from Mexico. Well, we enjoyed last Wednesday night. We had two of them, uh, Ramon, uh, uh, pardon me, Pablo and Ciso, and then Ruben Ramirez. These were two brethren who were with us on Wednesday evening, and they shared their testimony and just how the Lord had been working in their heart and called them into the ministry. Well, we also had three brethren who were with us Bobby Rowe, who is a young man who is under care in Presbytery, and then two other fellows who were studying but are not specifically under the care of the Free Presbyterian Church, but are studying in their seminary studies. And one of them was Daniel Oswald and the other Malachi Moody. So these are names to remember before the Lord in prayer as they continue in their studies and seeking for God's direction and will for the future. 
We have our Christmas card fund that each year we raise special extra offerings. And this year it is for our work in Cordoba, Mexico, and uh, Reverend Lalo Pena. So please remember that for some special offering and make sure that you sign the Christmas card there because when everyone has signed it, uh, we want to take a photograph of that and send it down to our, our brother Lalo Pena. I've had a few correspondence with him, and he is very, very thankful and encouraged that our fund will be directed toward his ministry and work this year. So you mark your envelope, uh, Mexico, and we will be sure to direct that to specifically to Lalo Pena. Now, if you were here last Wednesday and you missed out, we want to give a love offering to the two ministerial students. And if you want to mark on your offering envelope, Mexico students, we'll be sure that that love offering, something a little extra, we would be able to send down uh, to them at this Christmas time and to help them as they are studying and uh, not able to have full-time employment at this juncture of their life. Remember, please, our services today are at 5.50 will be our pre-service prayer time, and then our evening service at 6.30. Also, could I remind you that Monday evening will be our Whitfield Christian Schools Christmas concert. It was, had to be called off last Thursday night because of the snowstorm that came upon us, so it's rescheduled for Monday at 7 p.m., and just uh, an advance notice also, the ladies' Bible study was supposed to be on Monday, but so many things have been happening and meetings having to be arranged and rearranged. Well, the ladies' Bible study has been postponed to early in January, and you'll be notified of that date specifically. So Wednesday evening, our Bible study and prayer time at 7.30 and then on Friday night, the gym fellowship will continue on. There will be no gym fellowship on December the 30th. That's a little advance notice because the school will be closed down and some work going on during and in between that week. Next Lord's Day, December the 25th, we're going to be having our Christmas Lord's Day service. And the boys and girls from the Sunday school will be taking part in the morning service as well as our young adults, they'll be singing. And then after the morning service, we want to have our international lunch. And we encourage everyone to plan to be with us for that day. And this is a great opportunity to invite someone who doesn't normally come to church, a family member maybe, they'd be most welcome to come to the morning service and then stay for the lunchtime afterward. There's a sheet, or there should be a sheet at the foyer to let us know just how many you'll be coming for setup and so on. But as you bring enough food just for yourself, your family, and a, few, a little bit extra, we always have a great time of fellowship. So remember that, please. That's next Lord's Day. There will be an afternoon service at 2.30 or approximately that time uh, for a time of praise next Lord's Day afternoon. But there will not be an evening service next Lord's Day. It'll be in the afternoon instead. A few weeks ago, we had a representative, Mrs. Linda Bartsey, from the Pregnancy Care Center to tell us just how and what that ministry is doing. 
and the opportunity for any who want to volunteer and help that ministry. We encourage you to do that. And if you would like to, you can send an email or speak to the clerk of our session, uh, Brother James Fraser, and uh, he'll tell you and you'll get the right instructions as to how we can move forward to do with that. We have been praying for Reverend John Bodner and, of course, Reverend Cranston. I might give you a little update. Brother Cranston is hoping to lead the service today in uh, Port Hope. Brother Daniel Simon is preaching the Word this morning in uh, Port Hope, and then Brother James Fraser will be there tonight. Reggie's still very weak. I spoke to him this week, and he's doing better. He says improvements every day, but he's not quite ready to get back into the pulpit yet, but he does hope in the new year that will be possible for him. But he appreciates very much and would uh, ask you to continue to hold him up in prayer. So I said that in order to speak about Brother Bodner. He's now in a rehabilitation nursing care center, and he will be there for a little while, though he, he is making some good improvement too. A friend of the family contacted me this week and was asking if anyone in our congregation might have a retired cell phone, and it has to be an iPhone 6 or later. This family member, this friend of the family rather, is going to be loading it with a lot of ministry and applications where in the time of John's rehabilitation, he can listen to the Scriptures, he can listen to some good websites and some reading of the Bible and so on. And if you have one that's tucked away in a drawer somewhere that you don't have need of, will you speak to me and uh, we will repurpose that and put it to a good service. And so make sure, if you want to give it to me, make sure it's already erased completely with all your data removed from it. Or if you need help doing that, we can certainly assist you on that. But that would be much appreciated. The later the model, the better. And, but at least it has to be a minimum of an iPhone 6. A couple of advanced things for us. Uh, there will be no prayer meeting during the week between Christmas and New Year's. There will be no meetings going on in the church. And we look forward to the first Lord's Day of the year, January the 1st, and that will be a communion Lord's Day morning after the morning worship time. So please, just a little advance to that one. And we are looking forward, as we always do, to our week of prayer for a congregation, the, the last full week of January, running from the 23rd to the 27th. Each night we gather for prayer, and from 7.30 to 9 o'clock, and these have always been blessed times. We are hoping to have a baptismal service on the Wednesday night, and let me say again, as I mentioned last week, to young people in the congregation especially, the Lord has saved your soul. You're at the age of understanding and knowing what you should be doing and following the Lord. Well, here is your opportunity about being baptized. And I know that some have been interested and, uh, interested and concerned about taking the Lord's table and following in one of those two ordinances, and that's a good thing. But let me encourage you to be sure that you follow and obey the Lord in the necessary step of being baptized as a testimony and a witness of your salvation, of what Christ has done for you. Now, you speak to me, and we will be sure uh, to talk to you about those details and arrangements. Those are all the, the ministry announcements we want to share with you at this time. 
We're going to sing number 91, hymn 91, Once in Royal David City. And let's stand, please, as we sing. Turn, please, with me now in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, chapter 3. Proverbs, chapter 3, with your Bibles open this morning as we are thinking about the Word of God. I want to let you know that we have the next edition and copy of the daily Bible reading calendar for 2023. We have those available for you today, and I want to encourage you to make sure you get one of these as you're going from the service this morning. And of course, they will be available next Lord's Day as well, so that you can be in preparation for your own plan reading the Scripture through as you begin on January the 1st for the next year. 
it is a good thing to be in the habit and in the pattern of reading God's Word systematically. Now, I know that some folks go through the Bible with their own particular reading plan, and that's fine. Whatever you find works the best for you, but to be sure that you are in the Scripture every day. And of course, the preparation of these Bible reading plans for the new year, it's an encouragement, a help, it's an aid. And so, please take one and follow through. The daily readings are given for you each day, and you can be encouraged by that. There's a reading on the back, Meditation by B.B. Warfield from his book, Revelation and Inspiration. And you'd be encouraged also to read that and find out exactly what that says. Revelation, huh. well, it is God's revelation, but we're reading in Proverbs chapter 3 this morning, the first 10 verses. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord, with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. May God bless His Word to our hearts this morning as we have read. Let's please bow before God now in prayer. Father, take again, we pray, Thy holy word and write it on our hearts this morning. Come near to each one. Lord, I pray that I might be very conscious, mindful of the Holy Spirit speaking through me, knowing the power of heaven, Dear Lord, take away from every one of us distracting thoughts. Settle our attention, our minds now, and write this word upon our souls. Hear this prayer and bless us now, for we ask these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. As we come to the end of another year, 
we look back and see just how quickly time has gone. We can observe how faithful the Lord has been to us. He has watched over our steps. He has directed our ways. It is a great comfort for us to know that we are in the hands of a sovereign, loving Father who is always watching over the ways, directing the steps and the pathway of His children. For someone who does not have this certainty of divine direction, someone who is without the personal knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, there is nothing of greater importance than to repent of your sin and to receive the Son of God by faith into your heart, your life. He will forgive your sin. He will give you a fresh start. He will put His joy and His peace into your soul, and He will take you home to heaven when you die. This is the promise and the gospel message. It is the good news of salvation. Ah, my friends, today He will guide with His unerring eye, and He will bless you with salvation. And for those of us who are followers of the Lord, whether you have been for a short time or for as many years as you can nearly remember, we have this great hope and promise that the Lord has blessed us with. And I want to turn your attention again, please, to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 6. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. If your memory has failed you a little over this past year, well then I remind you that this was and is currently our motto text for 2022. It was on the Bible reading calendar. It was on the telephone directory. It was on the little magnet that we had for you to attach to your refrigerator or your filing cabinet. And I want us to think, as has become our custom, to review and to see how we have done, where we have been, and how we have acknowledged the Lord's hand in our life. I want to reinforce this verse of Scripture for all of us today. To reinforce it so that the Word will be cemented in our hearts. It'll be welded to us and it will become one. For as God writes His truth upon our hearts, well, we have the certainty that it will not leave us. For my dear friend, if God impresses a truth to our heart, it will be with us for all time and for all eternity. And we want God's direction 
in our every step that we take. So notice, please, in the first place today, this is advice given by God that is of the greatest value we could ever have. Some folks can be rather generous with their advice on a variety of subjects. What car is the best car to buy? What job should you pursue? Where should you live? Who should you marry? What wall covering would best match the decor? What tie would best match that suit? Or what one doesn't match it would be sometimes the other advice you might get. The best place to invest your money. And so on and so on. Well, some advice is good and welcome. Some, well, it comes purely from the opinion of the giver of that advice. And quite frankly, some advice is just purely bad and is not good to follow. So we get lots of advice. The text in front of us gives us by far the most sound advice that is of lasting value, that has no best before date on it, and it is to place our total reliance in all of our ways to acknowledge God. It's based, of course, on the context of verse 5, and that command that God gives us there to trust in the Lord with all our hearts. Because when we follow step one, step two will be right on the heels and the best pattern that we should follow. There's a foundation in the context of this reading that whereby our total dependence, it's going to be on committing our way to divine control. We're called and we are commanded to trust in the Lord but friend, can you think of something that would be any better? Is there any advice that would be any more gracious or kind or a privilege that we could accept in any better capacity than the One who is all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful, the Creator of the heavens and the earth? The One who made all things out of nothing and who has redeemed us and placed us in salvation for time and eternity. This is the one we are called to, to trust in, and this is the one that we are advised to take our advice from. Unfathomable grace. Blessed are all they that trust in Him. And it means, my dear friends, to rest your eternal soul in Him to rest your life in Him with confidence and with security and with safety, to give ourselves entirely into His hands with all our hearts to trust in Him. We cannot be given over to God if we do not trust Him with all our hearts. For you think about it, to trust in the Lord with half your heart 
It would be like saying to the the captain of the ocean vessel, let me take hold of the helm. I can steer this ship through the channel. I can take care of this vessel in the storm. With little to no experience, it would be foolhardy. No, friends, we want to be sure that we allow the God of heaven to have His hand firmly on the helm on the steering wheel of the vessel of our lives. And let Him do the steering. And let us do the trusting. Let Him do the advising. Let us do the receiving. Why should we trust in the Lord? Friends, we should trust in the Lord because He is worthy of all of the trust that we could possibly deposit upon Him. He is full of grace and He is well willing to take our trust. He is able. But I'll tell you, friends, the Lord has never failed when we have placed our trust upon Him. He is the never-failing God of heaven and earth. And if He has promised and He will never fail us, We can say as Isaiah did, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. But we are also warned in this Scripture, in the context here, not to lean to our own understanding. Human understanding has been given to us by the Lord who created man. We have understanding. We have a a level of intelligence. Let's not forget that whatever Adam had when he was created in righteousness and true holiness, created perfect by God, that intelligence that the Lord had given to him as a human being, that intelligence was corrupted It was injured by the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. And so today, you and I, though we are self-knowing creatures and beings, we are created by God in His image, yet because of sin we have fallen and our intelligence our ability to comprehend things, our ability to see the way through to have the right advice. It is not what it should be. We are inherently weak and sinful. We have limited experience. We have hearts that are now very prone to be deceived. And we know that deception because we have fallen many times to the temptations of the evil one. We've got to be careful that we don't trust in our own hearts. So there is a level of understanding we have. But in light of that, the Lord tells us, lean not unto. Do not depend fully upon the understanding that you have because if we do that to the exclusion of knowing our total reliance must be upon the Lord, then we will stumble and we will fall. God has given to us so much 
Let's not forget that we are weak in ourselves and we should not lean to our own understanding, not depend on ourselves. And when we come to acknowledge that, we say, Lord, I do not want to depend upon my own limited understanding. What are you saying, Christian, when you say that? You're saying this. You're saying, Lord, I want to depend upon Your leading. I want to depend upon my Savior. I want to lean upon the Spirit's wisdom in my life. And you can't make Friend, any sense of what's going on in your day, in your life. That's exactly the time that you need to lean upon the Lord. When there are circumstances that have arisen and you, quite frankly, do not have the answer for them, it's just at a time like that that you need to cast your own understanding aside and come say, Lord, I am resting. I'm trusting upon Your Word when the trial of your life is so harsh and at this point it seems unending, you cannot see a way through it. You cannot see a way out of it. It's then that you must rest and trust and lean upon the living God when it appears that maybe your very life is in the balance and your life will be over if you are given to this particular situation, you cast your care upon Him. You lean your everything upon the Lord and you say, Father, I do not know what is in front of me, but I know the One who holds the future in His hand. And in that sense, I am resting. I am trusting. Can we come to the point where Job was when he said, Lord, though You slay me, Though you kill me, though you take my life away, yet still I will trust Him. That is the confidence of faith. That is the resting upon the One upon whom we are to give our total reliance. What does it mean to acknowledge God? One commentator put it this way, he said, to acknowledge God is neither more nor less than to acknowledge the principles of truth and righteousness in all our ways. It is not to talk about religion, but to act it in the life. It's really saying, I'm not looking at the Bible by way of theories, I'm not just looking at it in a theoretical or a purely doctrinal examination. No, I am taking the teachings of God's holy Word and I want them to be applied to this life. I want them to be written on my mind, my soul. I want to memorize the Scriptures so that it will be a plot, a compass, a direction for the way that I am to go. That's what I want to do, Lord. That's what it means to rest and to acknowledge God. And when we fail to consider the Lord in our everyday activity, my friend, it's not just something that's unwise. It is, it is the height of foolishness for the Christian, and it's very arrogant. 
It means that we think we know the best for us. We're in charge. We are super autonomous. We can just do it ourselves. And that's where so often we will get ourselves into a heap of trouble. We will make a mess of things if we go down that line of thinking. Yes, I know we have human responsibility and we cannot throw that to the wind as if we are careless. But we are to cast all our care upon the Lord and we're to say, Father, I need Your direction in my life. And believer, when we come willingly and joyfully and by faith setting ourselves in that direction, there is no happier place to be. There is no place that you can have more joy. To acknowledge God is to walk in the attitude that every decision, every step, we must have the mind and the leading and the oversight of our Lord. My friends, the Lord wants to be consulted by His people. He wants us to ask Him for His way. He is never weary nor tired of His people coming to Him and saying, Lord, I don't know what I am to do. Show me. Open the door. And there might be times where the Lord has to say, I've already shown you. Now it's time to obey and do it. That enters into a slightly different area. But isn't it connected together? And it might be for our stubbornness. It might be because we're just a bit too thick and we don't get it too quickly. We have to say, Lord, I, I know You've been patient with me, but I need to know again. I need to have it confirmed from Your Word. Gideon was a little bit like that. The Lord said, rise up, you're going to deliver Israel. He says, who, me? I can't do it. My family's the smallest, most insignificant family in all of Israel. And the Lord said, I've called you to do a job. Go and do it. Lord, you must confirm this to me. And of course, we know the situation about the fleece being wet one day, being dry the next day. And it was all part of Gideon feeling he needed to be confirmed in his own mind and heart. He needed to be sure. That's not a bad thing to do. You want to be absolutely certain, especially if it's something that is of monumental significance in your life and also going to impact other people that you are connected with. You must be sure you're doing the right thing, the will of God. We don't want to forget and leave out the smaller issues of life either because what does it mean to walk with God? Can you imagine Enoch? as he walked with God, how did, he, how did he conduct each day? Well, when he awoke from his day in the morning, he was talking with the Lord. As he went to get his breakfast, he was communing with God. As he went to start out on his day's activity, to work, to do what he had to do, because he wasn't some angelic figure, he wasn't some sort of a super person that never had to work. He was a man, he had to do his day's work. He talked with God. He communed with the Lord. He sought God on every single decision that he had to make. That's what it means to walk with God. And Enoch so communed with the Lord that the Lord said, I will just take 
my child to be in my presence, that this communion that we are having now will just continue on without any interruption at all. And you'll say to me, yes, pastor, I know, but Enoch was a very unique character. Was he? Or was he the example that the Scriptures give us to follow? Was he not the example of what it means to walk with God? And believer, that is the open door that we are called to as His people today. Has the Lord not told us in the Word, walk in the Spirit? And you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So what does it mean? It means that if we are seeking God, wanting His advice, needing His guidance, wanting every moment for the Spirit of God to keep us, keep us barricaded in, in a sense. Don't let me wander off. Lord, I will stray very easily. Keep the hedge very high. Keep me going in the direction You want me to go. Don't let me stray off into sinful areas. No, we must, we must walk with the Lord. In one sense, we could say, how dare we step outside of that? How dare we think that the next meal that we have is going to be on us? It's our doing. How dare we think that the next job we're supposed to be engaged in is going to be just our decision-making? Or where we are going to live? And the place you're going to go to worship the Lord if you have to move to some other location? Don't leave the place of worshiping God marginalized to some second, third calculation of all this. No, friend, let that be in the first place of honoring God in our lives. And the promise is this, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in Him, and He will bring it to pass. Psalm 37, 5. John Owen wrote this, The great folly of man in trials is leaning to or upon his own understanding and counsels. What is the issue of it? Whenever in our trials we consult with our understanding or self-reasoning, though they may seem to be good, and tending to our preservation, yet he says the principle of living by faith is stifled and we shall, in the issue, be cast down by our own counsels. And so Owen was saying, we are called to walk a walk of faith, a walk of trust. And when we are confronted by circumstances, if we are confronted by decisions that have to be made, and if we don't take counsel from the Lord, where are we taking counsel from? Well, from our own minds, our own intellect, our own circumstance, our own historical reasonings and thinkings. Maybe by the influence of friends, and then sadly, very often, the whispers of the evil one into our mind. And all of those things and all the influences of the world, they can all come into our thinking. 
And we must then be very careful and guarded. We want to be of the habit of going to the Lord in the very first place, making the Lord our first resource instead of our last resort. We do so for our direction. We come to the Lord as the master and the sole authority over our lives. We come to the Lord as our counselor. Wasn't that the title given by prophecy to the Lord Jesus in Isaiah 9 and 6? He shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Yes, the Lord Jesus is our counselor. And in that sense, we want to turn to Him for the counsel that we need. We come to the One who is our strength. So in all of our actions, by seeking His blessing, seeking His mind, His peace, and willing, friends, then to give up our own ways. That's not so easy, is it? We have our plans, our goals, our hopes. We have things kind of mapped out where we want to go. And putting our own future, our own desires on the line. Saying, Lord, not my will, but Thy will be done. And when we are in that place, well, we're in the place of faith. We're in the place of obedience. What are we most likely to rely on apart from the Lord? Well, we've touched on it a little bit. We're prone to rely on ourselves too much. Maybe we have become accustomed to relying on the help and support of family, either financially or in an emotional way. A family is such a blessed thing from the Lord, a gift from God, and we should look upon it that way. And family is there to be a help. Family is there to be a support, and those are good things. But when it comes to the point of, do I rely upon family or do I rely on the Lord, God will at times test us in that very point. And He's going to test us Will we be obedient and rely fully upon God? That was the big test that Abraham was brought to, you know, when God told him to sacrifice Isaac. Isaac was the promised child. Isaac was the covenant child through whom God was going to bless and bring Messiah. How could it be that he would now be called to sacrifice that which God promised would be the blessing that would come to him and to all the world And it came a point where Abraham had to decide, family or God? Friend, I don't say that lightly because none of us have ever been in Abraham's shoes on such a circumstance. But that's one of the lessons that can be learned under such an extreme situation. God calls us to follow and draw and lean upon Him even in light of the support and the dependence of family and friends. And also we have to be careful we don't 
rely upon the victories that we have had in the past. We are thankful for them. We will praise God for them. But they are in the past. And if we are at the point where we're going to say, well, that worked before, and therefore I can just go on now in the future and it'll just repeat itself. No, it doesn't work like that. And the Lord doesn't want us to think like that because we must come to depend for every new day on new supplies of grace. And the Lord has an abundant supply and He is more than willing to give that to us. So we are called in all of our ways to acknowledge Him. Ways of happiness, ways of success, ways of joy, ways of sorrow and disappointment, ways of discipline, ways of praise for His love. We are to follow the Lord and depend on Him and acknowledge Him with a godly and reverent fear in all these matters. The second thought I leave with you this morning is this, that we are to go forward with the promise of divine guidance. Yeah, the Lord gives that to us today. He says, in all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. This is a promise that is the gold standard of promises. It is what God has spoken with His own and from His own Word. To those who fully trust in God, not leaning to their own understanding, but ready in all things to obey His will and His Word, the Lord will be the perpetual guide. And so, friends, when we come to that point of saying, yes, Lord, I want to acknowledge You in all my ways. I want my life to be committed to You. And if You are taking that step of faith, then we can rely with absolute certainty God will keep His part of the bargain. God will keep His side of the promise. He will not let us down in that area. He has promised and He will bring it to pass. Before the modern navigation instruments, those captains and mariners would look to the sun by day for their guidance, and they would look at nighttime to the north star, the pole star. And they would be able to use that as an anchor point and navigate where they were going. And of course, on a stormy, cloudy night, when they could not see the North Star, it provided a great problem for them, and many mariners went off course. Many mariners ended up on the rocks, and their ships and cargo and lives lost. Now, friends, we have the polar star that is always in view by faith for the child of God, and it is God's holy Word. And He has given us His Word. And He has given us the promises. And as we come to rest ourselves upon the promise of God's Holy Word, we will depend and rest on Him to be our guide. 
And when we rely on that, on His overruling providence, it is the sweetest and most peaceful and most comforting of all places to rely on. The faithful Christian is one who trusts in the God of providence implicitly, who truly loves Christ and feels himself utterly dependent upon Him. And so, friends, as we conclude today and we think about these thoughts, as we ask ourselves, reviewing from the very first when this message and this verse of Scripture we thought upon in January of this year, how have we done during this past year? Can we say that yes, we have endeavored to acknowledge God? Have we sought to know the will of the Lord? This can be done generally, and it should be done in our general praying. Lord, we want to know Your mind and will. But believer, it's more than that. It comes down to a pattern of life. It is a pattern of heart and soul. Every day, seeking the will of God. Have we been content with knowing only one step at a time? Oh, we have the, we have the current history of our own experience of this year. We don't have to go back and read the pages of history from centuries ago. We have our own experience. Have we been content this past year of saying, Lord, I don't need to know ten steps down the road. I'm just asking, Lord, for You to lead me to the next step. What does that mean for those going through some very serious health circumstances now? What does that mean for those that have lost loved ones and you're still battling through how to make sense of life? Can you come to the point of resting and saying, Lord, just show me what the next step is and I will trust you? Have we recognized the overruling hand of God's providence in the unavoidable circumstances of life. Can we say, yes, Lord, these things have come to me. I'm not too happy about it. Or can we say, yes, Lord, these things have come to me and I will trust and rest in Your overruling purpose. Can we come back to Romans 8.28? We thought about just recently, that God is intending all things for our good and not for our evil. For the Lord always intends the good of His children, and He's working to that plan. He's working to that purpose. You've always come, or you've seen situations where a person might be in the middle of construction maybe renovating a room, renovating a bathroom, 
renovating something and they have a vision, a picture of what it's going to look like. And someone else comes into that circumstance they say, huh, this place is a mess. Look at all the junk all over the place. The drywall's off the wall. The tiles aren't par partially done. You're in the renovation stage. They can't see the vision. They don't know what the finished product's going to look like. And sometimes it can be a little discouraging. Let us come, friends, and be able to trust and know that there is, there is a designer behind our life. There is an architect that has every step purposed out. And we must recognize His overarching purpose. And have we given Christ the preeminence in all things? Have we been happy and content to say that in our acknowledging of the Lord in our life, in our giving our ways to Him, have we been able to say that when things have gone in the wrong direction by our estimation, can we say, in all things, Christ must have the preeminence. Lord, it's going to be for Your glory, and I'm happy with that. Lord, I pray that You would increase our faith. Because I can tell you, friends, in all the things that I'm saying to you today, I'm saying to myself, because I have seen my own deficiencies and failures this year in the very things I'm saying. I see them. I know them. And that's where we say, Lord, we need a double portion of faith. We need a double portion of Spirit. Help us, Lord. Build us to be a strong fellowship for God. Build this congregation to be mighty for Christ. Because as we are strong in the Lord, we will strengthen each other. And there will be a building, a growing. There will be an outreaching to others to see sinners saved and to see believers built up in our most holy faith. In all Thy ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct Thy paths. We're going to close our meeting today by singing a hymn that is appropriate to this. Number 518, it's the promise... I will guide thee, the Lord has said. 5.18, precious promise God has given to the weary passerby. On the way from earth to heaven, I will guide thee with mine eye. We'll stand pleased to sing.
Father, we pray today that as this message has been directed toward Your people, Father, what about those who are still unsaved, come to the end of another year without Christ, some doubting? What about our young people, our young adults? What about those who are questioning, Lord, issues of God, of truth, of reality? I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to bring crippling conviction of sin, enlightenment to the heart and mind, to bring to salvation. Lord, this is a work done by the Spirit, and we cannot do it. And so we pray today, humbly, Lord, have mercy and bring souls to the foot of the cross. And dear Lord, we pray that each of us will be given the faith necessary, an abundant portion, Lord, that we will walk according to this Word, and we will trust and not be afraid. Lord, may us make us all strong in faith, nothing wavering. Keep our confidence, looking heavenward, looking Christward. Hear our prayer today, in Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm.